Amen. What an, what an amazing God uh, we serve that he answers our prayers. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Luke. I got to get a focus here. I've just, been kind of, I've just been thinking about over the last year of how many things God has brought us through and how many things that he's blessed us with and the answers that he's blessed us with and he's raised us up. And I know I've missed a whole lot of them. We've had several people in this house has been been healed betty betty jane salisbury she her appendix ruptured and and uh supposed to have died and and nine days later she goes to the doctor and they they and and she was supposed to die within 48 hours after her appendix ruptured and she didn't go to the doctor till nine days later and and they said they said that her body encapsulated the poison and saved her life well we know the blessing of the lord amen the blessing of the lord he maketh the rich and addeth no sorrow. Amen. So God, God knows. He, he's, he's watching over us. He's protecting us. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I was supposed, you know, things were supposed to happen to me, but I'm still here. Praise God. I'll soon be 60 years old. And I've, I've had, to, I've had, to, that sounds weird. I still think of myself as a kid preacher. For years, I was the kid preacher. You know, I, was, I started preaching at 19 years old, and, and everybody was telling me I was too young to preach. And, I, you know, I was pastoring at, at a very young age, and, and uh, so I still see myself as the kid preacher. And then I, I realized everybody sees me, as the old, sees me as the old guy. You know, I, I don't get that. Just don't make sense to me. Amen. People have been telling me lately, you're one of the fathers of faith. I'm, I'm trying to take that as a compliment, but I think what you're saying is you're one of the you're just you're you're one of the old ones that still left. Luke chapter one verse twenty-six. <laughs> now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Na Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when he, she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Now, I got I to ask you something. An angel appeared to her, and she was just upset about what he said. I mean, this young gal was tough, and nothing surprised her much. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that in just a minute. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will, he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come, come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born to be born uh, will be called the Son of God, now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, Mary was no stranger to the uh, things of the temple, the writings, because her dad, Eli, or Heli, however you want, however you want to uh, pronounce that, her dad was a scroll scribe is what they called him. He, he uh, helped write down and make the scrolls of uh, the Word of God. And so he worked in the temple. She was no stranger to the Word. She was no stranger to customs of the, of the Word. She was no stranger to this because she grew up in it. But the amazing thing is something I never knew, and I found this out by listening to uh, Rick Rayner. He's an amazing teacher. And I, he was teaching on this, and he said that Mary's mom and dad was barren just like John the Baptist's mom and dad was. And they began to pray and say, God, if you'll bless us with a child, we will dedicate the life of this child to service for you. Now, we're used to that with like Samuel. You know, Samuel was brought in the temple, and he, he, he served the Lord. He was a great prophet. John the Baptist, you know, God blessed them. So, uh, Elizabeth was barren, and God blessed her in her old age, and she brought forth John the Baptist. But historically, and we read a story about this, it was always a male child that God blessed them with to serve in the temple. But Mary's mom and dad begin to pray and seek God, and they said, ask God to give them a child, and they would dedicate this child to the service of the Lord. Well, God did bless them with a the child, but when the baby was born, it was a little girl. So somehow in that day, this scenario didn't fit. But God has a way of surprising us with his answer. God has a way of interrupting what we think is normal. God has a way of interrupting our plans. If you want to hear God laugh, tell him what your plans are. Because you don't own tomorrow. You have our plans. We plan things out, but we have no idea. How many has come to the place to realize that, that life is fluid? The best way I can tell it. You never know what's going to happen. In a year, you never know what's going to take place. We are, we are a people that we, we bank on tomorrow. All of Americans, we borrow money against tomorrow to build houses, to buy cars, and yet we don't own tomorrow. So we're constantly gambling on tomorrow, that we'll have a job tomorrow, that we'll have finances tomorrow. You know, there, for a lot of years, there wasn't a lot of the people don't plan. When I go to foreign countries, a lot of people have no plans. They don't know what planning is all about because they get up in the morning and they survive today. And the next day they survive today. And so when you introduce planning to them, it's kind of a foreign thing because they don't understand how can I plan on the future when I'm just trying to plan on living today. And so it's hard to get across to them. It's hard to get, get across to them, you know, punctuality and time because their, their world doesn't work like our world. They don't have the conveniences that we have. We can plan to be somewhere at a certain time, and most of the time we can make it. Most of the time. Some of the time. 
anyway, let's get off that. It all depends on your if you're a 60-second minute person or a 90-minute person, 90-second minute person. Some people, some people see a minute as 60 seconds. Some people see a minute as 90 seconds. That's just how you're wired. So we have to rewire you. Praise God. I see a minute as 45 seconds. My clock is always ticking. We're always behind. You know, it's, we got to be there. We got to get there, you know. And, and so I see things. I got this clock in my head. I know what time it is just about any time of the day. You can ask me what time it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit it between within a few minutes because I got this, this clock in my head. And, and so we can plan and say, okay, I'm going to be at this certain place at a certain time, and we even plan a year in advance. There's times I plan things out way into the future. Like, like we own that. We don't own that, but we plan and we try. And Mary's mom and dad had planned and they, God answered the prayer and the, her, Mary's mom became uh, pregnant and began to, re, uh, you know, grow with this pregnancy and their plans, they dedicated this child to the service of the Lord. And so they had all these plans in their mind of what was going to take place and how this is going to be. And the day of the birth came and out came this little baby girl. And all of a sudden their plans were turned upside down because that was not acceptable in that day. But guess what? God doesn't always do what is acceptable, and he doesn't always stick with tradition, and he doesn't always stick with the way we think it ought to be. And though God gave us the law of Moses, that was not his will. I just want to say that again. We have the law of Moses, but that was not God's will. God wanted to come and live with the children of Israel, not give them tablets of stone. He wanted to have relationship with them, but they said, Moses, you go up on the mountain and talk to him. We don't want to talk to him. We don't want to have anything to do with him. And so Moses became the representative. And instead of having a relationship, a spiritual relationship with God, they ended up having to serve God through tablets and through laws and through customs. That doesn't mean that that's what God wanted, okay? A lot of things that go on in our life is not what God wants. It's what God has to do because we don't cooperate. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. See, if y'all amen real loud, I'll think that you're not guilty of stuff, and, and I'll, I'll just go right on. I'll just pass right over. But a lot of times, what takes place in our life and what God can give us is not his will. It's all he can do for us because of our mindset and because of what we're willing to cooperate with. And so that's, I believe, Pastor Rob preached several years ago on Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, where it says, and be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And he preached on that God has a, his good will 
for you. He has acceptable will for you. And then he has the perfect will for you. And a lot of times we never get that perfect will. We stay with the good and the acceptable, but we don't get to where God really wants to, to work in our life and bless us in our life because we can't conceive it. And so Mary's mom and dad suddenly got jolted because custom and tradition and religion said that this child that God blessed them with would not be able to fulfill what they wanted and their, their, what they had in mind. So when she became about 12 years old, they betrothed her to Joseph. And, you know, that arranged marriage. They still do that in India. And uh, it's, 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 a it's a different thing. You know, it just amazes me. They, they get these kids together, and they have five minutes to agree. They meet each other, and they have five minutes to say yes or no. And, of course, if they say no, it can be really rough at home. <laughs> and a lot of it's based on the dowry that the girl's mom and dad is able to give to the boy's mom and dad. The dowry. And they have to come up with a certain amount of possessions and money and things like that in order for them to accept the arrangement. I've been telling my daughter-in-law's parents for quite a while that I'm still waiting. <laughs> I have negotiated now for several years with Pastor Sam Conley, and so far all I've got is two donkeys and a goat. I have made him move him off of that two donkeys and a goat. I keep keep negotiating with him, trying to trying to move him past that. All he did is after the wedding, he just looked at me and said, "Her bills are yours now, son." <laughs> so they made an arranged marriage for uh, Mary. And they didn't understand what was going to take place here. Can you imagine the thoughts in their mind? God, we prayed, and you, you answered our prayer, but what you blessed us with doesn't fit in our traditions. Oh, my goodness. How often has, has God had to interrupt the church? How often has God had to interrupt our lives in order to get done what he wanted to get done? We, a lot of times we reject. That's the reason they rejected Jesus is because he didn't fit their traditions and their thoughts and their ideas, and they rejected him because he didn't come the way he was supposed to come. He didn't act the way he was supposed to act. He didn't walk the way he was supposed to walk. And so they couldn't accept him, rejected him. I got to tell you something. God, I think God loves to just totally upset our plans and ideas with, with what he's doing and shake us up and get us out of our comfort zones he loves to change our lives with sudden happenings that we think are sudden, but God's been planning this thing for a long time. It, is, it has been in the planning state. He's been setting us up for a long time. And when Mary came along, they wasn't sure what was going to happen. And Mary, I'm sure, had heard the stories about how they prayed, and God blessed them with, with, a, with a baby, and she was born. And, and yet she also knew that she didn't fit the norms. 
She couldn't do what, what Samuel did or what John the Baptist was, was destined to do. And it's like, what am I going to do? You know, how's this going to fit? And then one day when she's about 12, 13 years old, all of a sudden an angel appeared to her and said, Blessed art thou among women. And Mary looks at this angel and is confused by what he's saying. Why? Because it doesn't fit tradition. It doesn't fit common thought. This angel is saying things that doesn't make sense to her. And so when the angel appeared to her and began to talk, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have been found favor. You have found favor with God. And back up in verse 28, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. God, see, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And she was trying to figure this whole thing out. She knew there was a destiny on her life. She knew that she was born from a miracle. She knew that things had happened, but she didn't know how all this is going to take place. And she thought, well, being married to Joseph, somehow this is going to happen. But God knows how to take what is not common and it was what not normal. And he knows how to answer our prayers in ways we would have never accepted, never thought of, and all of a sudden answer shows up, taps us on the shoulder and says, I'm here. And a lot of us say, that's, we, what? That's not how I envision this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Not acceptable. God has a way of interrupting. Divine interruptions God is more in divine interruptions than he is our plans because when God interrupts you, when God has, gives you a divine interruption, it is not a temporary thrill. It is not a temporary thing that happens. It is a dramatic life dynamic change that takes place. You're never going to be the same. When God interrupts us, it is not just to bless us with something. It is to change our destiny or maybe to get us on the path of our destiny. Divine, I've found in my life that divine interruptions has, has accomplished more than all the plans that I could put together and all the things that I could try to do. And Mary, all of a sudden, the angel shows up and her plans to be betrothed to Joseph is suddenly confused because she is found with child when she was betrothed to Joseph. And Joseph, God has God pick God handpicks this stuff. God handpicks people. Joseph had the right to take her before the elders, and she could have been stoned. But he said, I'm not going to do that to Mary. I'm going to do this thing in private where nobody knows, and I'm just going to step out of the equation. But surprise, Joseph, God's about to interrupt your sleep. And an angel appeared to him 
and said, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife because the thing that the baby she's carrying is holy. It's of God. And Joseph got up and did exactly what the angel said, and to which was totally uncommon, totally unnatural. It could not happen according to tradition, and yet it happened. God's going to stir us up. God's going to change some things in our life. God is fixing to do some, some dynamic changes in our lives that's going to set a destiny for the rest of our lives and for the church. I believe, I believe that we are getting ready and we are now seeing a dynamic shift in the church that is going to change the direction and destiny of the body of Christ for years to come. Amen. I believe we have turned the, the last corner heading to the very uh, coronation of the body of Christ. But I know this. I know that we are about to have a holy shift that is going to take place. And a lot of the church is going to bury themselves and put a headstone over their lives that says, which never happened like this before. And you're going to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Amen. I don't want to miss it. I'm ready for a whole lot more Kanye West to raise up. I'm ready for a whole lot more people that we never thought would, would be declaring the word of God to suddenly start declaring the word of God. And the church is going to say, but, 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 but their life, but, but their history, but, but this. And all of a sudden, we're going to be the ones saying, but she's a girl. And it doesn't fit our tradition, our history. All you ladies need to be shouting today because on this day, right now, we are reading the part where all of a sudden Eve got redeemed by the Lord and blessing and honor came upon Eve and the reproach was being taken away. Amen. Jesus came to redeem what was lost amen and mary heard these words and it didn't make any sense to her it didn't really surprise her that an angel showed up because she'd been hearing about this stuff all of her life i mean her history is full of angelic visitations and all of a sudden, this angel shows up, but it's what he was saying that she couldn't understand. How can this thing be? How can it be? And I like what the angel said. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Nothing shall be impossible with God. God is, God is raising up some people right now that we're going to be surprised where they come from, what they've come out of. Amen. We're going to be surprised. Who had ever thought that Donald Trump would be bringing worship and prayer into the White House? Nobody would have ever thought that. No. Nobody would have ever thought that he had any, any type of Christian, and yet his mama was a devout Pentecostal believer. And she raised him knowing God and knowing the power of Almighty God. And I got to tell you something, when the time is right, all of a sudden God touches that seed. 
that's been planted in that heart. And all of a sudden, it begins to change people. We're transformed and we're changed. And everybody around us is saying, uh-uh. We're not going to let you change. We're not going to let you be that way. And yet they are that way. And they just keep being that way. And now we got this dilemma. Do we accept these people? Or do we not accept these people? God, you didn't even talk to us about this. <laughs> the sons of the prophets knew nothing about this. Now, what's, what's going on here? I got to tell you something. God has a way. He starts pronouncing years in advance, and we don't listen. Then all of a sudden it shows up, and, and we're all shocked and going, we're in disbelief, and we can't believe it. But I got to tell you something. God prepares us. I was thinking this morning about Mordecai and, and Esther. What a powerful thing. And Esther was all, all of a sudden, Esther was surprised because Mordecai come to her. She suddenly finds this acceptance in royalty. She's inducted into royalty. And right in the middle of her party, Mordecai shows up and says, you have a destiny. There's something you got to do. You were born for such a time as this. You have come into this place for such a time as this. And Esther resisted for a while because she didn't know how to do it. She didn't know what. But Mordecai, I want you to think about the faithfulness of Mordecai. He put everything on the line and put all his faith in the one that he saw God had picked. And he had picked, God had picked Esther. And she saved and redeemed her people because she had the courage to stand up and do what God called her to do. There is a destiny on people. There is a call on people. There is a destiny on churches today and a destiny on believers. And we are about to see God start touching seeds that he's been planting and watering for years. And all of a sudden, they're going to start bringing forth fruit. There's a whole lot more Marys, a whole lot more Josephs that are being raised up today. The song, Sister Lacey's song, Mary, did you know? She didn't know what to think. Amen. She didn't know what to think. Can you imagine raising the Son of God? What's it like raising God, you know? I saw a little funny uh, this morning that Mary's standing there with this and saying, get in the water. And Jesus is a baby standing on top of the water like this. And she's saying, get in the water. I mean, God, God had to pick some special people to raise him, his spirit, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. 
and this little baby is born in Mary, but it didn't happen. It was surprising to Mary, but it wasn't surprising to God. It was surprising to Joseph, but it was no surprise to God. It was surprising to everybody around, but it was there was no surprise. God wasn't surprised about it, and Mary was faithful. She believed she was faithful all the way to the end and and raised the son of god i know that she had i know they had some in, them, some encounters i mean look at when he was 12 years old you know he said he said i'm about my father's business and mary got him by the ear and took him home for until he's 30 years old i mean they had some encounters he got grounded that day till he was 30 And they had had such an encounter that when, when he performed his first miracle, it was Mary that initiated that. She went to him and said, they're out of wine. And Jesus almost had a teenage response. <laughs> What's that to do with me? Almost adolescent, wasn't it? Woman? Woman? That's what I do, Sister Betty, every once in a while, just, just to get her. I'll say, woman? That's the look I get. Doesn't say anything, but I get that look. It's like, really? They're out of wine. What's that to do with me? Mary turns around and tells the servant, says, whatever he says to do, do it. <laughs> you can see the dynamics here. We like, we like to make this thing, you know, like there was angels singing all the time. I tell you, Jesus, Jesus was part human. He, he had a human body. Even though he was from God the Father, he had a human body. And, and, and he, had to, he had to go through life. He had to grow up just like the rest of us. And I can only imagine what Mary and Joseph went through trying to raise him because he was not a normal child. And they had to somehow corral all this divinity until it was time. Y'all feel like that with some of your kids? You're corralling divinity? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like God's going to use you one day if I don't kill you. You know? <laughs> Mark, Mark Lowry said every night after he got his whooping, his mom would pray with him and tell him, tell him say, God's going to use you one of these days, but until then, take this little pill. <laughs> Sometimes it's not easy raising gifts from God. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, but God picks people, and God determines. I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say today is God, when he does something, it seems like a surprise, but it's been planned out. It's been declared. It's been prophesied, and it comes about, and all of a sudden, we're surprised, but God is not surprised. It seems like a suddenly to us, but it is not a suddenly. It's been, it's been in the plans, and God has been waiting for the right time to, to cause that to happen, and all of a sudden, it begins to take place, and God starts transforming people. I wonder... If we 
are willing to have some suddenlies and some unexpected interruptions in our lives. See, when God interrupts us, everything God's ever done to me has been an interruption. I mean an interruption. He's interrupted my life over and over and over and over. But I wouldn't take nothing for the journey. Amen. Praise God. I remember the first time when I'd been preaching for a while, but I was I was working for Halliburton Oil Well Servicing out in Oklahoma. Man, they they I was highly honored, favored. They they thought I was I was wonderful. As always tell me, you're gonna be a 30-year man. You're gonna be a 30-year, you're gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna be a company man, all this kind of stuff, because I, I just excelled at it, because I've always I've always believed in giving everything your best. If you're gonna do something, do it. Amen. Don't flow with don't go with the flow. Do what's right and make it happen. And I had plans. I mean, I had plans. And I always wanted to live in Texas. All you know, for whatever reason, living in Texas was my big deal. I wanted to live in. Te- I was going to move to Texas, and so I was working in Oklahoma, and and I was contemplating transferring to Texas, to Halliburton in Texas, and I'd been to Texas a lot of times. They'd send me down there on jobs and stuff. I was I worked in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, all over that area, and I'd. My big plans was I'm I'm going to Texas, I'm gonna I'm gonna live in town, I'm gonna work in Texas, and uh, one day we came home here, came back on vacation, which I never planned on on living, coming back to this area, just never planned on it. I had big ideas, and all of a sudden, the pastor was here, brother Daryl Friend. We came back, me and Betty sang. Surprisingly, we used to sing all the time. <clears throat> now that I don't, I can't hear very good, and I've been preaching for years. I try to avoid that as much as possible because I never know what's going to come out of here. Whenever we came back, we sang, and we got back to Oklahoma, and my phone rang one day, and it's Pastor Daryl Friend. He said, "Hey, um, I feel like God has laid it on my heart." <clears throat> to offer you a position in the church as assistant pastor and worship leader. And I said, really? He said, yeah. And uh, he said, I just want to lay that out for you. I want to offer that to you. And uh, I was just shocked. I mean, I, w- I was stunned. This was not any way, shape, or form what my plans were. And he said, now, we can only offer you $100 a week. That's all. And so I said, okay. Um, I said, I'll get back with you. I hung the phone up, and I was laughing. Betty said, who is that? I said, that's Pastor Gerald Friend. He wants me to come back, be his assistant pastor, worship leader, and, and they're offering me $100 an hour. <laughs> or $100 a, a week. Did I say an hour? Is that job still open? I felt the Lord on woo. I feel it. See the shape? My hand's shaking. I feel the anointing on that. They offered me and, and said they could give me $100 a week. Well, I mean, $100 a week after you pay tax. You still have, even if you only make $100 a week, you still got to pay taxes and tithes. And so that wasn't going to be a whole lot of money, you know. 
And I kind of laughed. I laughed. I really did. I laughed about it because that was not my plans. That night, I, I didn't get to sleep much at all. We worked 24-hour shifts. And there's, there's times we went, I'd go for three to four days straight without any sleep at all. And when I, when I would get time to sleep, I mean, I slept hard. I was out. No matter where I was at, I've, I've laid down in, in mud on a location and went sound asleep in the summertime because that's how you get cool. You lay down in the mud. And you just sleep in the mud like an old pig, you know, just rooting around like a pig. And, and I've, I've slept in all kinds of places because you're so tired that when you get a chance to shut off, you're gone. And all of a sudden, I would get a chance to get some sleep, and I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. Turmoil. Holy Spirit dealing with me, talking to me. And I'm, I'm doing this. No, 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 that, that's not my plans. That's not what I'm going to do. That, and, 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 I mean, I was making really good money, and I, was, I wasn't planning on going back to $100 a week. I mean, you know, that, that is not what I was planning on because I was doing good. We were living good. And for the first time in our lives, we were living good, and it was nice, and it was wonderful. For three weeks, I didn't sleep. For three weeks, I was in such a turmoil. I would be on the job running my, I run a, I run a blender on a frat crew. Very important. I mean, you had to mix all these chemicals and everything had to be just right, or you you ruin a three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollar frat job. If I don't, if I don't get it right, I ruin the job and it costs the company, and that's not good. And I'd be standing up there on that blender running it with tears running down my face. I'm not an emotional person. I don't cry. And tears are running down my face. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? And I just went around like that all the time. And I'd try to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. And it's just this turmoil. And, and God pulling at my heart until three weeks later, I walked into the very guys that, that was patting me on the back and saying, you're going to be a career man. You're gonna. And I walked in. I said, guys, I've got to leave. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, I, I got to put in my two weeks notice. They said, you can't. You can't put in, you can't leave. And he said, besides that, nobody in the oil field puts in a two weeks notice. They just leave. I said, well, I'm telling you. I'm giving you my two weeks notice. I got to leave. They said, what in the world are you leaving for? I said, God, God's called me to preach. I'm going to be preaching and pastoring. And the looks on their faces, they, they, they didn't say anything for a little bit. They just, they just stood there, sit there staring at me. And one of them spoke up and said, you're going to starve to death. I said, I've had those same thoughts. But I said, I've got to go. I can't help it. I've got to go. And they were really upset with me. And finally, the head guy spoke up. And he said, we've had people quit for all kinds of reasons. We ain't never had anybody leave to go preach. 
And he said, I don't know what to think about this. And he said, I, th I think you're going to starve and, and you're going to be sorry you made this decision. But he said, nothing we can do about it. I said, nope. I said, I got to do it. I got to go. Divine interruptions. Divine interruptions. I packed up my stuff. I looked like the Beverly Hillbillies because I had my old truck. I had it stacked high on my truck, trying to trying to keep from having to hire a you know get a U-Haul, and and I had stuff packed everywhere. And we moved back to Missouri, and we came back here. And the first Sunday, I thought this was a church thing. I I found out later that it was just Pastor Daryl thing. I walked in, first person I met when I walked in the church. I stuck out my hand to shake his hand. And he looked at me and turned his back on me just like this. And I, I, I thought, what, what, what's this all about? And, of course, back then, you didn't do stuff like that to me. I worked in oil fields. We settled disagreements by when the dust cleared, whoever was standing got their way. He turned his back on me. I walked right around in front of him. I grabbed his hand, stuck my hand in it, looked him in the eye and said, don't you ever do that to me again. If I stick my hand out to shake your hand, you'll shake my hand, and you're going to act like a mature adult instead of some kind of immature little child. That was my introduction. <laughs> As assistant pastor and worship leader, bless God, I'll take you outside and whip you, boy. <laughs> Needless to say, I was not what most people thought they needed <laughs> in this church. <laughs> Divine interruptions. Amen. Divine interruptions. I've been fired once and voted out twice, and I'm still here. God has plans. And God's plans always are fulfilled. Amen. Somebody asked me here all back, said, how you stay at a church that long? I said, man, I'm like one of those old hound dogs on the front porch. You haul him off, and the next morning he's back on the front porch. It's just, you just can't get rid of him. We, we've got to understand that what God does is not always what everybody thinks God should be doing especially us, and when God interrupts our life, it is not angels singing all the time. It might be that way at first because God wants to, wants to kind of ease you into this thing. I mean, when Jesus was first born, there was angels singing, people was worshiping, and then everything went downhill from there. And that's how it happens a lot of times. The things that God, I'm closing. Everybody, everybody say, Oof, Jesus. The things that God is getting ready to do in our lives. The things that God is getting ready to do in this country. The things that God is doing in the church. Is not all going to be met with slaps on the back, high fives. A lot of it's going to be met with, I don't think so. But how many know that God doesn't back down? 
He does not back down, and he always gets his way. Stand with me today, if you would. If you stand up, I'll close. Close to 40 years ago, God interrupted my plans. And he has continually interrupted my plans ever since then. For several years, I told people, they'd talk about mission. I'd say, you know, I, I'm not called to go to mission field. I, I'll support missionaries, but I'm not called to go there. Everything that I've ever said I'm not called to do, God's done. So save your breath. Don't say, that's not my calling, or God, this, don't say it. Just, just pass right over it because God will change that on you. Next thing I know, I was going to the mission field and loving every minute of it. I said for years that I, would ne I wouldn't be a pastor. God hadn't called me to be a pastor. I was an evangelist. Next thing I know, I'm pastor at an early age. And now almost 40, 30, 35, 36, 37 years later, what I said I'd never be doing, I've done for 30-some years. God, God has a divine plan for each one of you. And you say, but I, I don't have a talent for that. That's not who I am. i got to tell you something. God has a way of touching you, and all of a sudden, that's who you are. It'll change. Amen. And we're about to see some real shaking and stirring in the body of Christ in America, and I just want us to be prepared for it. How many is ready to see what God, God wants to do in this, in this nation? Amen. Praise God. God's going to be laughing because there's going to be a lot of opposition against what he's doing, but he's going to get it done anyway. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you, Lord God, for your plans. And God, we want to know your plans. We don't want to plan things out ourselves. We want to know your plans. We don't want to have good ideas. We want to have God ideas. And Father, I just pray today that you would give us the ability to hear your voice clearer than we've ever heard your voice before. God, that we'd be able to speak clearer than we've ever spoke before. And Father, heading into 2020, I believe it's a, it, I believe the, the, the year 2020, Lord God, is, a, is going to be a profound year. And Lord, I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name.